and uh, special welcome to Steve. Good to have you back. God is good. Amen. Um, Psalms chapter 92 says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. So that's what we're gathered here for this morning, is to sing praises to him. Uh, well, it's one of the things we're gathered here to do. We're also uh, called to be a light and a witness and to glorify God and preach the gospel, to encourage each other. There's so much, so much goodness, right? Let's all stand up for an opening prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord Jesus. Thank you once again for another day, Lord, the sun to shine outside. Lord, your word says that until the end, there will be springtime and harvest, uh, fall and winter, Lord. Uh, you promise that it will keep going. And Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, uh, God, as we're gathered here that... Um, Lord, we would reflect on how good you are and how glorious the gospel of Jesus Christ is. Lord, I pray that your power would be manifested this morning, God, that you would change us and, God, that you would um, do a work in our lives. Lord Jesus, we're not just here out of tradition, but, Lord, we're here um, as your body gathered together to, to praise you, to worship you, God, to preach the gospel. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit that's at work, Lord, and God, we just pray that your will would be done this morning. Thank you for each one who's here. Thank you for uh, any visitors, anyone who's joining us online. Father, I just pray, God, for encouragement, for a blessing over their lives, Lord, and God, that you would just be glorified this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> all right. God is good all the time. Let's sing together. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. If you're walking through the valley and there are shadows, Yeah. 
And through the eyes of faith I can clearly see God is good all the time He put a song of praise Anyone have a testimony this morning? I think sometimes we forget to thank the Lord for answered prayer, and we prayed for you, Steve, obviously. Um, but yeah, we thank that we forget to say thank you to the Lord for how He answers prayer, even in your healing. And it was not your time; it was not it was not what God had chosen for you. He had chosen for you to be here, Heavenly Father. I just thank you this morning, Lord, that you do answer prayer, and that you have answered our prayer in healing, Steve, and. Lord, that he is back with us, and Lord, I just pray that you would continue to use him as he works for you in the body of Christ, and Lord, as he continues to witness and testify to others around him about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I pray that you would take all that he has learned in the last several months and weeks, Lord, and that you would just use it, and Lord, that he would be a bold testimony for you wherever he may be. I pray this in Jesus' name.
Sometimes through trials, through the tough times in life, we realize that the things of this earth, the stuff that goes on through our days, is nothing compared to Him. Um, I'm going to um, ask for a song in the middle of this. Can Brandon, can you pull up the song, He is Worthy? Jason, can you pull that for us? I just, that song has been on my heart, especially this morning. Yeah. And. I know we, as a congregation, I think you guys know this song well enough, but that is my, my cry this morning, is he is worthy. He is worthy of everything that we can give him, every, all the honor, all the glory that we have, all of our life. We so often live for ourselves, but the reality of what I want to live for is him. And I think I forget that very focus so often throughout my, throughout my life in not giving it all to him. Yes. Oh, it disappeared. Oh, did you add it into the... Do you feel the world is broken? shadows deepen we do but do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through we do do you wish that you could see it all made new we do 
so excited to get to meet your little one. Um, but if we could pray for you and um, also Becca, when's your due date? January. January. Uh, just thank God for these little precious souls that he is um, creating and can't wait to meet them. Um, if we could just pray for them. Dear Heavenly Father, you give such good gifts and each little baby, each little child is such a precious gift to you um, and to us. And Father, I pray for Lari as she is getting near to her due date. I pray, God, that your peace would just reign in her heart. And God, that through um, the experience of giving birth and being a mother, that you would show your love to her in such a, a real and tender way. And God, I pray that she would trust you and that there would be no fear, um, but perfect love that would cast out all fear. I pray, God, you would give her strength and courage and health for the labor and the birth. And God, that it would just be a beautiful um, story that she could look back on and say, God was with me. And I just pray, God, as her and Jason prepare for this little one, that it would be a time of joy and rejoicing and just a beautiful time in their lives. And I thank you that we get to be a part of it. And I pray for Becca, too, that you would bless her pregnancy. God, I pray you would give her lots of grace and strength as she mothers her other children at the same time. Oh, God, it's a time that we need you so much. Um, and I pray that your peace and your love would reign in her heart, too, and that it would just be a time of her drawing closer to you and, yes, seeing her um, her own weaknesses, but, God, that you would show yourself strong during this time. And I also pray for Cadence this morning and for the whole Chilton family. Jesus, I pray that you, um, you would just be near to them. And again, God, that you would comfort their hearts and that you would show up in such a big way um, in their home and in their lives. Jesus, I pray for um, Cadence and her possibly not having many more days on this earth. God, I pray that this would be a time of um, rejoicing in you. And I know that you have given her to us for this season for a purpose, and her life is not in vain. And God, we trust you because you see the big picture. We can't see it, but we know you are a good God. And I pray that you would just increase each one of our faith as we see this and walk through this with the Chilton family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Before even time began, my life was in his hands, you know, for these young'uns that we prayed for a moment ago. It's amazing to think how each one of us and these two, right now and many others, God is knitting together. He already knows their names, and he already has a plan for them, and uh, it's a beautiful thing.
you that you hear our prayers. Thank you that you hear us when we call upon you, God. You said in your word that all who call upon your name will be saved, Lord Jesus. And God, I thank you for the kingdom of God, Lord, and how um, so many years ago Jesus walked this earth. And Lord, he went to be with the Father. He ascended to the Father, but he sent the Holy Spirit. And now you use... Um, your body, the church of Jesus, to proclaim the gospel and to bring the good news. And Lord, thank you for that. And just by faith, we can walk and know that you preserve our souls, Father. I pray that for each one this morning. Let's sing one more song. Let's all rise if you're able to. shall be moved, and the power of the gospel shall prevail, for we know in Christ all things are possible, for all who call upon his name, we will 
Okay. All right. You guys like to sing? Okay. How about How about God's not dead? Can you start with that one? All right. God's not dead. No, he is alive. God's not dead. No, he is alive. God's not dead. No, he is alive. I can't see you way back there. All right. 
another song. Got that one already. <laughs> uh, let me see. Um, cast Your Burdens, of course that song is what you want. Christian life as Sherry was about that song. I'm leaning. You like to lean? You ready to lean? Okay. Okay, you guys want to answer or ask the question? Answer? Okay. You guys are asking. Tell me who's cider.
scripture um, where God answered the prayer of a child. None? What you got? You got what are you thinking? You don't know? Phil, can you think of anywhere in scripture that God answered the prayer of a child? Did he pray before? <laughs> I'm trying to remember if David actually said that he prayed or asked God. It says that he knew that the power was God. Yeah. Okay, so we learned about Samuel, what, two or three weeks ago, right? Yeah. Like how God answered whose prayer? His mother's prayer, right? That God gave her to him. Okay, there's a girl in the Old Testament. Let me see if you guys can think of who this is. Who lived far away from home. She had been stolen from her home. How would you like a God if somebody just came and took you? And then made you work? them. You wouldn't like that? No. You don't? Okay. But this is what this little girl had. But do you think she still trusted God? Yeah. She did. Alright. So. You're going to learn about this little girl. Huh? You would lock your room, but they're going to make you, they're going to open the door and make you work. You're their slave. Yeah, you were there to work for them. So this little girl had been taken far away, like as if uh, much further than Canada. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe more like, well, it's probably about the same distances from here to Canada, but uh, in that, and back in then, but it was a long ways away. It was a different country, and they took her. So I'm going to read. Uh, now, do you know, well, okay, you're going to learn about this. So you ain't going to know anyway. But now you're going to know. Now Naaman. Does that name ring a bell? Naaman. You ever heard of Naaman? Yeah. He's heard of Naaman. You don't remember Naaman? No. Blake, you read? I remember Naaman. What was Naaman? He wrote Naaman's letter. You don't remember from reading? Hmm. Okay. You're going to learn about Naaman. You, heard, you read this story. I guarantee you read this story. Okay, now Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Aram. 
and he was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded. So he was a good general. He was a leader of an army. Because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram, and he was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. <gasps> you knew that? Okay, good. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive. They had stolen gotten slaves from from uh, taking captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. So she was Naaman's wife's servant. So she cleaned her house, cooked her food, did her laundry, stuff like that. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of leprosy. Oh. So she's telling him how she could, this one guy could make it. Who do you think this guy was? Do you have any idea? Huh? Who, oh, you guys weren't here last week to learn about who this guy was. Okay, you're going to learn again. Okay. Well, it was probably this story because I don't know. Well, there was leprosy in the New Testament too, but okay. By all means, go to the king of Aram. Go, the king of Aram. Oh, Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl of Israel had said, that this guy could cure him leprosy. By all means, go, said the king. Told his guy, go. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. Pat, doing anything back there? This is in 2 Kings 5, verse 5. 2 Kings 5, verse 5. Find out how much that's worth in today's money. You're so good at this with Solomon, so let's see if you can figure this out. All right. The letter that he took to the king of Israel said, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I a god? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me? When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? So he was upset. So he had torn his clothes. He was so upset that this guy had come to him to get healed. You know who Elisha is? Oh, goody. All right. Why have you torn your robes? Has this man come to me that he will know that there is a... This man has come so he would know there is a prophet in Israel. In other words, he wanted to know that there was a God. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored and you will be clean. So he told him to go down to the river and wash seven times. Do you think if you had a terrible rash and just terrible disease and somebody told you to go wash in a dirty river, would you be healed? You know what a rash is. Boy, you're good with Superbook. All right. All right. So he told him to go wash. But Naaman, Naaman was not happy about this. He went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God wave his hand over the spot and say, you are cured of leprosy. Is that how God works? Yeah. Mm -mm. Nope, God usually doesn't work that way. Are not Albania and 
uh, Farper, the rivers of Damascus, the better, better than all the waters of Israel. What are much cleaner, nicer rivers than the dirty Jordan, muddy Jordan? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. He was not very happy. Just wait, you're getting there. <sighs> Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, another said, Go build a monster city over there. You would have done it. No, uh, <laughs> no a, a big city. Close enough. All right, you're right. <laughs> How much more than when he tells you, wash and be clean. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him to. And what do you think happened? You think if he did exactly what God told him to do, he would get sick? He was sick. He would get healed, right? Isn't that the right idea? You don't want to get sick. You want to get healed. So he went down to the Jordan River, washed himself seven times, and he was clean. He who said he's as clean as a young boy. I've seen a lot of dirty young boys, though. But I think it was talking about his flesh. In other words, his skin was as pure as just pure. You know, us old men, we don't have very pure flesh. So, okay. So he's as young as a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. They went back to Elisha. And he stood before him and said, Now that I know that there is no God in all the world. So what do you think he discovered? God. Because all the fake gods of Damascus could not heal him. But one true God could. So please, accept a gift from your servant. Did you figure out how much this is worth yet? Pat? Uh, yeah. 16 and a half million, yeah. 16 and a half million? Yeah, something like that. 16 and a half million. Yeah. So he had taken, did you remember what I told you? He had taken all that money, right? 16 and a half million dollars. That's a lot of money. That'd buy a lot of stuff. Right? Are you sure? No, that's the next man coming. You're, you're on to this story. You got this. All right. So do you think, do you think if, do, if, if I was just listening to God and told you to go wash in the Jordan River so that you could be cleansed of your rash, and, so, and you gave me 17, $16 million, and it was only God who had done the work, who had... Who had done this God did not Elisha Elisha said I don't want your money this was God's doing the work right okay so the prophet says surely as the Lord lives whom I serve I will not accept a thing he didn't want nothing and even though Naaman urged him he refused I am not taking any money if you will not said Naaman please let your servant be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to other God but to the Lord he had gotten he had understood who God was he now was only going to make sacrifices to the Lord but may the Lord forgive your servant for one for this one thing when my master enters the temple of Remen to bow down and he is leaning on my arm I have to bow there also when I bow down in the temple of Remen may the Lord forgive your servant for this I don't ever remember that even being there Go in peace, Elisha said, after Naaman had traveled some distance. Oh, go in peace, Elisha said. After Naaman had traveled some distance, Gehazi, 
Now you're getting there. This is the guy that fell down. The servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, my master was too easy on that guy. He didn't make him pay nothing. So, by not accepting him to be paid anything, so as surely as the Lord lives, I'll run after him and get some of that money. <gasps> Greedy bugger, wasn't he? Yeah. So Gehazi hurried after Naaman. When Naaman saw him running toward him, he got down from his chariot to meet him and said, Is everything all right? He said, Everything is all right. Gehazi answered, My master sent me to say, Two young men from the company of the prophets have just come to me from the hill country, Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two sets of clothing. You want to figure out how much that was worth? A talent of silver and two sets of clothing. So if you had figured out what the other was worth, 16 million, you might be able to divide it all down. By all means, take the two talents. So he gave him uh, two talents of silver, said Naaman. He urged Gehazi to accept them and then tied them up, tied up the two talents of silver in two bags of two sets of clothing. He gave them to two of his servants and they carried them ahead of Gehazi. And we went and stood before his master. Elijah asked him. Elisha asked him. He said, where were you? He said, your servant didn't go anywhere. So he lied to him. He said, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't go anywhere. But Elisha said to him, was not, your was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Is this, to, is this the time to take money or to accept clothes or to accept olive groves and vineyards or flocks or take anything? Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. Then the Gehazi went from Elisha's presence, and his skin was leprosy. Leprous. It had become as white as snow. So all the sickness that was on Naaman got a game on Gehazi. So I was why was I thinking something different too? Wrong story. You're close. But he got the same leprosy. He didn't fall down though. He should have. Could have skinned his knees for what he did. That would have served him right. But it's close. I think we were thinking of the one where the bowels, he fell down his gals, bowels gushed out. Who was that? Herod. That's right. So, all right. So, what do you, so a little maiden testified about God. Benny, Benny, are you listening or are you playing? Playtime is after church. So, a little maiden, a little girl, told somebody about God, or a man that knew God, and the man went and got healed because of that. So, you remember that if you tell people about Jesus, you don't know what it could do. All right. You guys are all losing your attention. Because my story was too long. All right. You can go back to your parents. And you can go back to your father. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to everybody. Thank you for joining us here this morning and those who are able to join us online. Thank you for doing that. It's good to have you all here on a beautiful day. I trust you've been worshiping with us and uh, also learning from the children's story and from uh, the great uh, 
moves of our brother Phil back here. We have a substitute Phil here this morning. <laughs> so uh, this morning, uh, Phil and Katie and their family are uh, in Pennsylvania at uh, a family gathering back with his family. So uh, uh, Phil did uh, text me and said they're, they've had a great time and uh, they're looking forward to be back. They're flying back tomorrow, so keep them in your prayers. And uh, I believe John and Sarah uh, are in Montana or traveling to Montana uh, to a funeral of a friend in there uh, in Montana, a friend that they've known for years and years, uh, passed away from cancer, I believe. And uh, a number of us here know them. I know some of their children. So uh, please be in prayer for that family as they've lost a a father and grandfather, and, uh, but uh, praise the Lord for the testimony that we ha- that He had, and, and believe that He's enjoying the presence of the Lord today. Thank you for that. So keep John and Sarah in your prayers as uh, they're traveling to Montana and back. This Wednesday evening, there will be a Bible study here at the church at 6:30 for anyone who's interested. So please uh, feel free to come join in on that. Somewhat of an informal Bible study, so just uh, come and be prepared to share in that. After the service, we have our normal meal and time of fellowship. So uh, stay and enjoy that uh, time of fellowship together around God's Word. All right. Uh, is there any other announcements or anything that needed to be shared yet? Am I missing anything? All right, uh, Brother Phil, you want to come up here? Philip Francis from, uh, he lives in Windsor, attends Windsor, uh, forgot the name, Windsor Christian Fellowship, and uh, is also a co-worker of mine. And I love this brother, he has a great testimony for the Lord, and has a great testimony in his work, and he's uh, he shared with us, I don't know, probably... Going on to a year ago that you were that you were here last. It's been a little while, but it's good to have you here again to to share the word uh, with us. Uh, so let's pray, and I'll turn the time over to him. Father, I thank you for my brother Phil, and I thank you for his willingness to to share your word. I thank you for his testimony of his life and his family. Father, I pray that you would speak to him this morning as he shares your word. That your Holy Spirit would. Give him the words that each of us need to hear, and that we would not simply be hearers of your word, that we, but that we would be doers of your word as well. So I pray that you would bless this time, and I pray that you would be honored and glorified. I thank you for what you will do in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, brother. Thank you. 
overjoyed to be around amongst the brothers and sisters from Redeem. And you've always blessed me seeing Anthony at the, the store when he comes on there and we fellowship together, we talk. It's been several occasions that this brother has ministered to me. And uh, so thank you. Uh, brother Kerry, uh, thank you so much, brother, for that word this morning. Uh, if if you missed it, uh, the prophet Elijah told Naaman to go dip seven times in the Jordan. And Elijah, if he, let, if he leaned on his own understanding, he would never obey. It's to have faith in God. It's teaching us to have faith in God. And, uh, so I appreciate it, brother, for that application. Thank you, Lord. Uh, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, hallowed be thy name. Uh, Lord, I come with great fear and trembling, knowing that we all stumble in many ways. And Lord, with these weak lips, I desire to lift you up. As John said, uh, he must decrease and you must increase. And Father, I pray over this body and uh, I pray that uh, if anyone lacks wisdom, that he would ask of God, who would give to all generously and without reproach. And uh, Father, fill me with your spirit uh, to declare the mysteries of the gospel that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, Lord, we thank you. We know that in your presence there is fullness of joy. And Lord, uh, your word, you are our joy, O Lord Jesus. Uh, as David encouraged himself in the Lord, may this body be encouraged in you for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, 
I was reading the Proverbs this morning, uh, just to, uh, and it was Proverbs 19, verse 14. It says, Houses and riches are an inheritance from men, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. And uh, it says, It's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. And I was just so overjoyed this morning that God has blessed me with a prudent wife. So thank you, honey, for using your gifts and your talents to encourage me uh, on this journey we're in, and I really appreciate it. Uh, so my, my message today is titled, uh, Did You Warn Your Neighbor? God for wisdom, he gives us wisdom. Amen. Uh, so, uh, so this sermon that the Lord's given me, uh, let me kind of give you some background as to, to what happened. Uh, Bo uh, asked me to preach a message on the atonement of Christ. And uh, it was before the Ellerslie audience and I was terrified, right? <laughs> I was literally terrified, guys. I told him, Bo, uh, I don't know, brother. I can't, I can't do it. So uh, I refused. So uh, Super Bowl day, I am uh, just fried up some chicken wings. I'm sitting down and uh, sitting down to eat. My wife, Rebecca, looks through our patio window and saw this blazing fire in this house two doors down. It was windy, and I'm like, oh, the whole neighborhood's going to go up, right? So I assembled my family, tell them to go into the car, and I ran downstairs to Levi. He rents my basement. I said, Levi, get your family. We've got to go. So he gets his family together. We go in the car. We drive around the neighborhood. 
sees this flame, smoke billowing everywhere, and, uh, and I'm like, man, we might lose the neighborhood. So we drove around the block, stopped in front of the house, uh, picked up the phone, because I want to call the, uh, uh, the police department to find out what's going on. And I called the police department, the lady on the phone told me, all right, uh, sir, we'll call you back and let you know what's going on. So our officer called me back, and on the phone, she, she started asking me a series of questions, and uh, she said, uh, uh, so what did you see? I said, well, I'm looking out, saw a big blazing fire. And uh, then she asked me this question. She said, did you warn your neighbors? And it was outside. Immediately, I felt convicted because she not only asked me once, she asked me twice, sir, did you warn your neighbors? I said no, but, and God convicted me so much that I thought the whole neighborhood was going to go up, and yet I only got the gentleman downstairs and my family and kids together, and I did nothing. So I'm, I'm at work on Monday. And Bo, once again, Phil, we want you to preach on Sunday. I said, well, uh, I, 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 I'll pray about it, <laughs> right? Uh, and then I send him a text and says, hey, you know, brother, perfect love cast out all fear, right? And I knew exactly what the Lord wanted me to preach on. I am terrified of preaching. But I come with much fear and trembling because I love my Lord Jesus Christ and I love the saints. Uh, as it says, in, uh, I think I, I read the psalm that says, you are the majestic ones in whom there is all my delight. That's what David said about the saints. So uh, I'm here out of great love, out of great concern for Christ's body, and in so doing, are we warning our neighbors? Uh, so Ezekiel uh, uh, verse 33, uh, verse 1 to 11, that's going to be the morning's reading this morning. And uh, that's where I'm going to be spending the bulk of our time uh, reading the word. So the Bible says... The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if I bring the sword upon a land and the people of that land, take a man from among them and make him their watchman. And if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning. His blood 
shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, so that the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his ways, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. And you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus have you said, surely upon us, and we rot away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Here ended the reading of the Lord's words. So, uh, when uh, I look at the word warn, it means putting in the mind. So to warn is putting in the mind. Uh, give you an example. A good friend, his name is Matthew Ryberg. I was walking outside the chapel. I walked by his car, and when I looked at his tire, I said, brother, I, I think you're going to have a flat tire. And he said, no, no, I think I'm all right. And then I walked to my car. Forgot about it. A week later, Matthew calls me and said, bro, I was going to work, and indeed I got a flat tire. That, that's a warning. I didn't take off Matthew's tire and change it myself. I didn't force what I was thinking upon him. I literally told him, brother, I think you got a bad tire. And I warned him. And uh, so, you know, uh, so warn or admonish, those are the words used in the Bible, so you get an idea. The difference between to admonish and teach, because sometimes it, it, there's a conflict there, seems to be that whereas the former has mainly in view the things that are wrong and call for warning, 
like, hey, the tire's low, it, it, it might go bad on you. That's, you see something wrong, you say, oh, hold on, brother, please, we gotta get that addressed. Uh, the latter, meaning teaching, has to do chief, chiefly with the impartation of positive truth, okay? The impartation of positive truth. Uh, let's look at some verses in the Bible for me. Uh, uh, Psalm 1911, uh, and I'm going to get caught on members, kind of, if any member wants to read that, Psalm 1911. Then if somebody can uh, get Revelation 2015, uh, another brother or sister in the Lord, if you can read uh, Colossians 1, 29. Anybody for Psalm 1911? More by them your servant warns, in keeping that there is a reward. So from God's word, we are warned. Okay? Uh, Revelation 2015. a warning from God. Name has to be written in the book of life. Colossians 1, 20 and 29. Brother Paul, as far as his admonishment to the church, anyone? preaching. Uh, Galatians 5, 18 through 21. Paul again ministering to the church. these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's a warning. Uh, Acts 20, 
this guy were warned to hold back those who are headed to the slaughter. Uh, so warn in the dictionary, it means to inform someone in advance of an impending or possible danger, problem, or other unpleasant situations. Let me read it again one more time. To inform someone in advance of an impending or possible danger. So some synonyms are to notify, to alert, to give notice, to inform, to tell, to let someone know, make someone aware of, to give a fair warning. Uh, so the opposite of warn, and can I get one more person just to read Proverbs 28, 23. An opposite word for warn is to flatter. And you're going to see it in Proverbs 28, 23. He who rebukes a man will afterwards find more favor than he who flatters at the time. Yes. To flatter. Uh, to be misguided. To ignore or to discourage. Uh, you see it in the Bible uh, where the children of Israel were discouraged by the spies, right? They weren't warned, they were discouraged. Uh, so, three points that I'm going to be discussing this morning. First point Christians are God's watchmen said to warn the wicked. Point number one. Second point. The Christian is held responsible to warn. That's my second point. And the third point. Christians follow Christ's pattern of warning people. Alright, so we'll go about three of those again. Christians are God's watchmen sent to warn the wicked. Point number two, the Christian is held responsible to warn. And lastly, Christians follow Christ's pattern of warning people. So if we look at verse one, actually verse seven, in 33, it says this, first point. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Uh, Matthew 28, 16-20 tells us that's a great commission, right? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them all that I've commanded you, right? God has appointed Christians to be watchmen and uh, and that command is, is, has some expectations. We're to teach them the commandments of Jesus Christ. You, son of man, I have made you a watchman. I was in the military for many years, about seven years. And uh, I deployed to the Iraq war. And during my deployment, 
we were made, I was in charge as a watchman. Uh, invariably, uh, guard duty used to be about four hours. Uh, and every time we'll come and check upon the soldiers, if they had a four-hour shift, they would be asleep. And mind you, uh, the fence was about, right about, that's about 10 feet away. And people are farming, carrying on their day-to-day -day lives. The village is just, you can just look at it. And if you left the soldier on guard duty for four hours, he falls asleep. So we had to change it to two hours. That somebody will be checking on you, making sure you're alert, you stay awake. That's why Paul was night and day warning the church not to be asleep. So Christians, we're watching. Point number two, the Christian is held responsible to warn. Let's turn to Acts uh, 18, 5 through 7. Okay, so when Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. So Brother Paul, being a faithful watchman, preached Jesus to the Jews, and when they opposed him, he says, I'm innocent. That's point number two. Uh, I'm going to turn back to Ezekiel 33, because I want you to see... Uh, verse 1 and 2, that the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman, and if, the, and if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then... If anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. If he hears the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning, his blood shall be required on him. So the watchman uh, sees, he hears the word of the Lord, and he speaks what the Lord tells him to speak or her speak and warn the people. Uh, so the third point is Christian follow Christ's pattern in warning the people. Uh, in 1 through 
Ezekiel 33, 1 through uh, 11, we hear the watchman, God said to the watchman, when you hear a message from my mouth, as believers, uh, Christ has spoken, we have a message from his mouth, and that message is the gospel. Uh, as Paul says in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's the message. It's the gospel. It has the power to save. Uh, what I appreciated about the word of the Lord that uh, my brother Kerry preached this morning was it, it, it's, it's pointing it's pointing to God the gospel points us to Christ as the word says what I receive that also I proclaim that Christ died According to the scriptures, and according to the scriptures, he was buried, and according to the scriptures, he rose. The gospel, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and according to the scriptures, he was raised. Uh, 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 there is a uh, the word I'm looking for is that. In a lot of circles, or there is this notion that just like how Naaman, how he tried to look for another way, right? He tried to, by his good works, he's like, hey, I've got a, I've got, you know how much rivers I have? That's better than this Jordan. And religion gives you another way. But Brother Elijah said, man, you have to dip seven times in the Jordan. And Jesus says, there is no other way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. You got to believe that. That is important. The flesh sometimes tries to tell you there is another way. Don't believe the lie. Or we try to preach a different gospel. Now preach the gospel, the simplicity of it. Repent and believe in Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. But but, but what about good works, Phil? Repent and believe the gospel. I know there's many rivers in Syria, but don't don't believe the lie. Believe the gospel. Rest on the gospel. But what about my good works, Phil? Can't save you. Only the gospel. And that's the message we have to give to people. Repent and believe the gospel. Because as Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God 
unto salvation for all who believe. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. Rest in the gospel. I went to Honduras, and I'm going to be, uh, I was preaching the gospel so much, listening to the gospel, I find my, my heart, it's like, man, I already know the gospel. And Christ, the, the Spirit of God said to me, Phil, you can't know the gospel enough. You can't know it enough. See, church, I, I, I used to, uh, let me just show you a little bit about my background. I was in, sitting in the pews in church, and uh, uh, a gentleman came up to me and said, Hey, Phil, do you want to do a Bible study? I said, Yes, sir. And we studied the book of Romans for eight months, brothers and sisters. Just read the Bible. And I was in church, and... Uh, after eight months, he opened up his Bible and said, Brother, I just want you to read this word right here. And it was the parable of sowing seed. And he turned to Matthew 13, 22. And it says this, The one on whom seed was sown among the thorns. This is the man who hears the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Oh, God kept squeezing my heart. St. Phil, you do not know me. The worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. You see, for about five years, I sat in church rejecting the gospel. I didn't know it. I was blinded by my own desires. The Lord exposed my hypocrisy through his word. He the gentleman was so faithful to warn me through the scriptures to repent and believe the gospel. And, and let me tell you what happened. Uh, I had a post-traumatic stress disorder and God had healed me miraculously from it. And I can't tell you just how broken of a man I, I came back after the war. I was in shambles. If any one of you men or women or veterans here might understand. So I sought God for something. And I sought him for healing. But what God exposed was simply this. I wanted the blessings but I didn't want the blesser. I wanted to be healed, but I rejected his son. And that was my sin. But someone was faithful to warn me. So thank God for faithful men and women who are faithfully warning 
And the question is, why? Why do we want it, right? And it says in verse 11, let me find my place. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die? does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. And we see it through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he told the parable of leaving the 99 and searching for the one sheep that's lost. That's his heart. 1 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not so slow as some count slowness, but is patient towards you not wishing for any to perish, but that all should come to repentance. And God is always crying out, reaching out to a people, trying to warn them with great love and with great gentleness, turn back, turn back. Why should you die? I, by no means, church, uh, that I'm here to condemn anyone because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus alone. But I'm here to warn because that's Christ's heart, right? Turn back. Turn back. Why should you die? Repent and believe the gospel. your faith in Jesus Christ. He will heal you. He will heal the nations. Uh, there's so many people who needs to hear the gospel because they are bound up in sin. And they need to hear about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, that night has convicted me to be more, as Paul says, I do all things for the sake of the gospel, that I may be a fellow partaker of it. To be more focused on the kingdom of God, to be about his business, and I pray that God stamps eternity on the eyeballs of every believer here because judgment is coming. He has fixed the time to judge the world. And we see it outside the sword. The axe is already at the root of the tree. We see it everywhere. And it calls for more urgency. It calls for more prayer. 
us for greater holiness in him. Uh, so let's pray. Father, Lord, he said, not by strength, nor by might, but by my spirit, declares the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, the labor in vain will build it, O God. Lord, there are so many perishing, so many who have not heard your gospel. We pray for a greater zeal, for a greater love for the lost and dying. We pray for a, that we be of the same mind, unified in one purpose, and that's to glorify Christ. That every resource we have is allotted to that cause in preaching and sharing the gospel. Lord Jesus, we thank you for dying for our sins, for making us complete in you. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. especially those that have grown up in, in Christian homes and were following Christ from a young age that we tend to forget the warning. And, and perhaps it's complacency or maybe something else entirely. But, you know, if, if we become complacent and, and forget the warnings ourselves, how are we going to warn others? Thank you for, for that faithful reminder of, of warning. It was a blessing. It's a blessing to have you and your family here with us, Brother Phil. And look forward to our time of, of fellowship. We will be having a meal here shortly and, and 
time fellowship with that. Does anyone have anything else they'd like to share yet before we close? desires to, to draw all men unto him. In fact, Jesus told the disciples uh, before his crucifixion, he said, when I'm, when I'm lifted up, when I'm crucified, he said, I will draw all men unto me. And that's, that's still his message today. And, and even through pain and destruction and, and sickness that perhaps comes straight from the devil, God still wants to use those things to draw all men unto him. John, can we uh, pray for you and your family? I don't want to put you on the spot. I know John's been dealing with some back issues and, and uh, I've been going through some challenges as a family, including travel. And I, I never hear you guys complain or anything like that, but uh, I've I'd like to spend a little bit of time in prayer for you guys, uh, if we could as well. Um, anything else that we can 
Thank you, Father, for this time that we've had together this morning. I thank you for the warning from your word. And I pray, Father, that we would heed that warning and that we would also be faithful in sharing that warning with those around us. I pray that we would be found faithful in that. I pray, Father, that you would just help us to be that light in this in this world that we're living in, especially with all the sickness and the viruses and, and all these things, Father, that are going on in this time. I pray that through these things and through the work of your Holy Spirit in us to give warnings that you would draw all men unto you and that you would just draw people to you in, in these times that we're living in. I want to lift up the Schroeder family to you, uh, John and Maggie and their kids. Father, you uh, know the, the the things that they are facing. I pray for John and, and uh, issues with his back. I pray, Father, that you would just uh, relieve his pain and, and uh, give him wisdom, give him strength and peace. You bring healing to him for their family and... and uh, not being able to, to travel out of the country as they'd like and, and all these things. Father, I just pray that you would grant peace to them and strength in whatever struggles they may be facing. For each one of us, Father, may we be drawn close to you through all these things in our lives. Thank you for the food you have provided for us. We just pray your blessing on it. I pray a blessing in our time of fellowship here this afternoon. Thank you and praise you for what you will do in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.